to Isaiah chapter 58. As I mentioned in the opening this morning, this is our last message in our series on prayer this summer. And I hope that you have been as blessed as I have on this journey, on this reminder, on this concentration on prayer. This morning, specifically, we look at fasting and we look to Isaiah 58, starting in verse 3. It says, why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see them naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? We started this series with the question of why pray? We pray to bring ourselves into alignment with God, not to get what we want. That was our summary conclusion of that first sermon. Today we end with the question, why fast? The basic answer is similar. We fast to bring ourselves into alignment with God, not to get what we want. We first, this morning, in this looking at fasting, we want to look at what is fasting? And then, why fast? Why do we fast? We get to that central question. And then finally, we want to look at a little bit about when we fast, because it's not like prayer. There are, fasting is intermittent in its, in its involvement. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for this topic. We thank you for this gift, this tool. Lord, may your spirit guide us as we learn about fasting and what it means to us this morning, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, the question, what is fasting? Generally, when we think of fasting, it is abstaining from something. We hear today a lot about social media fasts. We hear about cell phone fasts, putting down our smartphone. We hear about TV fasts and, and fasting from the television shows we like to watch. We talk about hobby fasts. We take some time off from golfing or fishing or whatever it may be to, to refocus ourselves. Abstaining from those things can be good and helpful. Think about something, though. Most of those things weren't even a thing 100 years ago. The things I just listed, most of them 
weren't even a thought a hundred years ago. In the Bible, the word translated fast literally means to abstain from food. When fasting is mentioned in the Bible, the word fasting, it always refers to food. There could be one exception in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5. Paul is speaking of sexual intimacy in the context of marriage. Because that, in the context of marriage, is the only time that God intended for it to be experienced. Regardless of the, what the world tries to sell us today. But Paul says, do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time, that you may devote yourselves to prayer. The word fasting is not mentioned here. But the power of withholding something from our flesh is represented. It would line up with those in a way with the, the other abstaining that we talked about earlier. Unlike all of the things that I've mentioned, depriving ourselves of food and water is ultimately depriving ourselves of life. I believe that that is a key element in biblical fasting. Believe it or not, we can live without social media, cell phones, TV, hobbies, and sex. But we can only physically live so long without food and water. If you have water, I did a little research on this. Experts believe if you drink water, the human beings could live up to two months without food. Now, this depends on your body makeup and, and different factors, but on average, they believe that humans on water alone could live up to two months. Now, that last several weeks would not be a very good quality of life, but you could still live. Interestingly enough, as I study this, females, it is understood, could live longer than males could. Surviving without water is a different story. Typically, it's just a matter of days. Several sources say it's probably around three days that we could live without water. Interestingly, Intermittent fasting has been proven to have health benefits for our bodies. How like God it is to have the physical parallel the spiritual. The health that those intermittent fasts bring us physically and how fasting can help us spiritually. So what does a biblical fast look like? That's it defined. It's a fasting from food and drink. But what does it look like in Scripture? Well, Judges, chapter 20, verse 26. It says, Then all the people of Israel, the whole army, went up and came to Bethel and wept. They sat there before the Lord and fasted that day until evening and offered burnt offerings. And peace offerings before the Lord. 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 16. David therefore sought God on behalf of the child, the one that he had had with Bathsheba. And David went in and fasted and lay all, lay all night on the grounds. Daniel chapter 6, verse 18. 
while Daniel was in the lion's den. Then the king went to the palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. Those were just a few examples of even just partial day fasts in Scripture. Acts chapter 14, verse 23. It said, And when they had appointed elders for them in every church, with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Luke chapter 2, verse 36. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin. And then as a widow until she was 84, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. She apparently did this. Anna apparently did this for decades. Now when it says that she did not depart from the temple, that doesn't mean that she never physically left it. It means that she was present for every organized service, night and day, every day. Did she eat or drink nothing for those years? No, I surmise that she drank sufficient amounts of water and had a very limited calorie intake, but she simply ate to live and she took opportunities to fast for worshiping and focusing on God. Her mission, her calling, was to fast and pray and worship. Daniel 10, starting in verse 2, it says, In those days I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacies. No meat or wine entered my mouth. Nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. He may have had water. He didn't mention that he didn't have water. But that was three weeks. But then we have the definite supernatural fast in the Scripture. Exodus 34, starting in verse 27. It says, And the Lord said to Moses, Write these words, for in accordance with these words, I have made a covenant with you and with Israel. So he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He neither ate bread nor drank water. And he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. Then in Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 18, then, then I lay prostrate before the Lord as before, 40 days and 40 nights. I neither ate bread nor drank water because of all the sin that you have committed in doing what was evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. That was Moses twice. Then we have 1 Kings 19, verse 7. This is Elijah when Jezebel threatened his life. It says, And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and he ate and drank and went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horab, the Mount of God. 
And then finally, Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, and I love this part, he was hungry. You think? These miraculous fasts are hard to understand. I just talked about how the human body is designed and how long we can go without food or water. So these are no way to explain them but supernatural. Anyone who is called to one of these fasts will know it. Moses was with God both times. Elijah had an encounter with an angel. And Jesus is Jesus. These were clear. They were no doubters. Biblical fasting, by the way we've defined it and the scriptures we've looked at, is denying ourselves food and or drink. It can be for a few hours, days. It has been for weeks. It can be total denial or limited intake. It's not just pleasure, foods, and drinks, something that we just enjoy that we're taking time off from. Again, those can be helpful. I once did a one-month coffee fast. <clears throat> we can live, <clears throat> excuse me, we can live without coffee. I don't know if Zach's here, but sorry. We can live without coffee. There was a time when I didn't drink any soft drinks for a whole year. I typically ask permission before I make jokes like this, but Ava, you can live without Mountain Dew. <laughs> Biblical fasting is withholding nourishment from our bodies. Why would we do this? Why would we deny ourselves? Back to Isaiah 58, verse 3. The nation of Israel asked this same question. Why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Were they truly humble? God answers them. He says, behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. Fasting is an act of self-denial. It is not intended as a display of humility. It is ultimately a tool to bring humility. When we go without food for a brief period of time, it makes us aware of just how fragile we are. We are directly confronted with our mortality. John chapter 6, verse 35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. When accompanied with prayer and meditation on Scripture, fasting can help us deny the desires of our flesh. To die to ourselves and hunger after God. 
It is not a tool for manipulating God, but for preparing us to be in a better frame of mind to hear the voice of God and to keep the distractions and the pleasures of the world in proper perspective. Verse 5, God gets straight with them. Is such the fast that I choose a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? These people were saying, just look how humble we are. To paraphrase a little Forrest Gump, they were saying, humble is as humble does. Just look how humble we are. Doesn't that show that we're humble? No, God was saying, I know what's in your hearts. Your humble acts don't fool me. We can imitate humility and be rancid with pride. It wasn't obvious to these people, but it was obvious in the Scripture. God called out their quarreling and their oppression in the midst of their fasting. But they thought their act of fasting was displaying their humility. And they were falsely imitating it. True humility is totally dying to ourselves. Surrendering our pleasure, our recognition, our will, our desire our rights, and unconditionally trusting God and not seeking any recognition for it. That's the goal. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 16, it says, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, They have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Back to Isaiah, verse 6. Is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? That is humility. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's to destroy Satan and his workers, to free the oppressed, to feed the hungry, to shelter and clothe the homeless, and to unconditionally love our family. It's not about getting what you want. Fasting is intended to humble us, to make it about God and others, and not about ourselves. In that Fasting is identical to prayer. And as with prayer, we can can fast for things that we want, for things that we need. 
We have not because we ask not. We've talked about that as we studied prayer. But if it's not in an attitude of seeking God's will above all and holding loosely to what we want, fasting will magnify our internal battle with ourselves. Again, biblical fasting confronts us with our own mortality, our mortality that is due to our sin. We are mortal due to the sin in the garden, to that first sin. Jesus selflessly lived, died, and was resurrected to give us eternal life, to overcome our mortality. Our selfishness is in direct conflict with that gift. Confronting our selfishness Confronting our selfishness with our mortality can make for a very uncomfortable situation. We are called to pray without ceasing. But when do we fast? When do we take it to the level of fasting? When do we take it to the level of confronting our mortality? Reminding ourselves of the gift of the life, the death, and the resurrection, that blood that was shed for us. Regular fasting for spiritual maintenance is a beautiful gift. No specific reason, but just to draw near to God. That's one win. Or another is when we are in need of repentance because we feel far from God. It's, it's becoming aware to us. We are in need of repentance because we're sinners. But we're becoming aware of our sinfulness. Fasting is a way to draw us through that. Joel chapter 2 verse 12. Yet even now declares the Lord. Return to me with all your hearts. With fasting. With weeping. And with mourning. Another win is before a big event. Ezra chapter 8 verse 21. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river, that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him a safe journey for ourselves, our children, and all our goods. Another win is when we need to make a decision. Acts chapter 13, starting in verse 2. It says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart from me Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. Then, after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Another win is when we're faced with an impossible situation. Esther, chapter 4, verse 16. Esther, when she was planning to go before the king, says, Go, gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf and do not eat or drink for three days night or day I and my young women will also fast as you do then I will go to the king though it is against the law and if I perish I perish there's a sermon to be to be preached out of that verse alone 
She's calling others to fast with her. Her and her maids were going to fast together for three days. And she didn't go in saying, my God is going to deliver me. She goes into it saying, and even though it's against the law, I'm going to go before the king. And if I perish, I perish. It wasn't about her. It was about her obedience and doing what God asked her to do. When do we fast? A lot more than we do. We have opportunity to take our mortal flesh before the Lord. We have a gift of fasting to sanctify us, to discipline us, to teach us, to mature us in our faith. When do we fast? When in doubt, fast. If you've never fasted, Start slowly. Possibly consult your doctor. Ease into it. But know that there is power available to us in fasting and prayer. There is fellowship available to us in fasting and in prayer. God's hope is there to be conveyed to us through fasting and prayer. The main purpose of fasting, the main purpose of prayer is to draw us nearer and nearer to God. As we wrap up our series on prayer this morning, I hope that you have a deeper understanding of prayer and that you have some more tools to help you grow in your prayer life. We have the privilege to come before our Creator in prayer. We have the privilege, we have the power to come before our Creator in fasting, denying our flesh, facing our mortality, and laying it at the foot of the cross. Jesus took our mortality to the cross and He gave us eternal life. God has blessed us. God loves us unconditionally. Have you embraced that reality this morning? Are you walking in humility? Is that humility coming from deep within? Don't fall in the trap of false humility, of imitating humility. Take the steps, use the tools that God has given us to slay our pride. To lay ourselves bare. And by the life, death, and resurrection of his son, we can walk into eternity with him. I pray that you have that fellowship. I pray that you are growing in that relationship. God longs to have you nearer and nearer and nearer to him, ultimately face-to-face -face with him for eternity. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning, Lord. We praise you for the gift of prayer. Lord, that we've been studying this summer, but Lord, that we have available to us always to come to you in fellowship, to relate with you, to walk with you, to talk with you. 
Today we thank you for the gift of fasting to make us fully aware of our mortality and to find hope in your promise of eternity. God, may we embrace the tools that you've given us for your glory, for our hope and for the hope of others, Father. God, open our eyes and our hearts and our minds to these truths, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you join?